Hey everyone, it's Casey! Welcome back, and welcome to our annual traditional Christmas bonus episode, because we love y'all so much and we can't seem to stop talking. So this episode, we're actually going to be talking about Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo, because if you listen to some of the most recent episodes, um, we can't seem to stop interrupting the book we're talking about to talk about this book. So we just decided to do a bonus episode where we talk about this book. Um, but we also talk about other books and other things. And joining us on this little adventure is our dear friend Marisa, who has also read the book recently. So yay, bonus special guest! Marisa was on our first Alternomorphs episode, along with our other friend Lily. Um, so she's back to talk about this non-Animorphs and non-Applegate book. Listen, you know by now this is our podcast and we will gosh darn do what we want. Anyway, this episode does contain spoilers for Six of Crows, so if you haven't read it yet, I suggest you go do that because it's a really freaking good book. All right, uh, happy holidays, happy new year, and we'll see what 2022 has in store for us. <laughs> okay, bye! Alright, what are your thoughts about Six of Crows? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> All of them. Wait, so wait, how how recently did you guys read it? Because I, I think I read it last fall? I don't remember. Does that sound right? No, I read it earlier this summer, maybe. Mm-hmm. What is time now? Cause I don't I, remember. Because I read it in December of last year. Okay, so then I definitely read it later because yeah, I know cause... I was texting texting you my thoughts while I was reading it. Yeah, because I think I recommended it to you, maybe? Yeah. I just yes. re- I recommended it to everyone. It was like blank. <laughs> Everybody read this. Very Go. Good. Yeah. Very good. Um, uh, I read it this summer, this past summer. Like, mm-hmm. I finished it right before the TV show came out. <gasps> All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I probably read it around a similar time though, but I have not read the TV show because I wanted to read Shadow and Bone first, which I just started. <laughs> I have Crooked Kingdom this far done, nice. so I too Ooh, am halfway. That's a good through. chunk. It is. It's a decent chunk. It's like not quite halfway. Yeah. But like you know. Yeah. It's like a little more I than have, a third. Yeah. I have it in my library queue for the ebook, but then my ebook or my e-reader died last week. No. Like, yeah. This is this is my plug to say don't get a Kobo, they're garbage. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this is my anti plug. This is my real reason for being on here, my smear campaign against Kobo. <laughs> That's right. Well, We're I, coming after you, Kobo. <laughs> it's too bad for you, they're our sponsor for this episode. Yeah. Shit! <laughs> our first ever sponsor, and we're talking yeah. shit about him. Uh shit. Um. Uh, yeah, I bought it less than a year ago. Yeah, I bought it less than a year ago, and the screen just got, like it's it's frozen on like halfway between unlocking last week. And I like did their little help chat thing, and they're like, "This is physical damage. This isn't covered under our warranty." And I was like, "It's been less than a year of regular use, so sorry, never not buying another one." God, reading considered physical damage. I know. I'm like, is being damaged by being put in my pocket, like probably the most damage it got but so whatever that is very so annoying. back back to my bezos e-reader yeah that's the one i have it's mm-hmm. dead right now because i forget to charge <laughs> i've broken two kindles on purpose i've broken one i or one broke on me i don't think i broke 
trying to remember if I did anything to it. <laughs> might have, it might have gotten a little water damage now that I think about it. That might have fit on me. Mm. Reading in the bathtub. Yeah, the new one. The new one is waterproof, which I'm excited about. Ooh, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. good. That's freaking good. Yeah, yeah, I dropped Matt's most recent one from a height of maybe a foot and a half, but it oh. landed like right on the corner. So uh, it's still functional. It's just got a little hole in the plastic casing. Oh, no. Oh. So that's <laughs> okay. Breaking. Yeah, it still works. Yeah, that's character building. I broke his last one, though. Like, I Sounds like his fault. Hit the buttons too fast, and it like decided <laughs> to end its life. What? That's not breaking a thing. That's not functioning correctly. You did nothing wrong. I just, I just, I just closed its eyes after it was dead. <laughs> <laughs> but he blamed me. Uh, uh, it's neither here nor there. So. <laughs> Six of crows. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Actually, mm. Nine, nine out of ten. It did take me a little while to get into it, but I feel like that is true of any fantasy book that I kind of come into, because it takes me a while to really feel like established in the world that they've built. Um, but it, it also has been a little while since I've read a fantasy book that I like felt really immersed in. So it was really nice to actually have one. Like, and also a while since I've read a series where I get to the end and I'm like, oh, there's another book that I'm really excited about. Like I've been reading a lot of just like contained volumes of things. That's awesome. What? So how do you guys feel when you open a fantasy book and they immediately start explaining how the world works and what all the lore is and blah, blah, blah. Cause I fucking hate that shit. And I went into <laughs> Six of Crows and I was like, I don't know what a Grisha is, but I'll go with it. And I eventually, like, figured it out. Yep. So, I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah. I enjoy when there's a map at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I love a good map at the start of a book. Mm-hmm. But, like, lists, lists, like, they have the lists of all the Grisha at the beginning. I'm mm-hmm. just like, I don't know what anything is at this point. This is, <laughs> this is too it. much. Put this at the back of the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I am... I, um... I'm very much like in that same boat where I just want to start reading and like, I'll figure it out as I go. Mm-hmm. And like, if it's way too explain, like this, I, this is a thing that I think I've called it like the high fantasy issue before when like, we've talked about it. But like, if I go into it and you're like, hold on, we have to spend like 30 hours explaining what everything is. It feels too mansplainy to me. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> I don't need to know all this. World. Yeah, and it's like, let me tell you about these 30 hours of rules. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to internalize any of this. So fuck this. Right. Yeah, I feel like it's a delicate balance between being mansplained to too much, but also like not explained to enough at all where I'm just like, I don't know anything that's happening. Mm -hmm. So you really just got to like tell me just enough information. Well, just like make it like a good like yeah, exactly. But like make it like a good like action-packed sequence that all of a sudden I'll go into. And like even if you're like, and then there was this Grisha and we have powers, and you're like, wait, we have powers? All right, well it doesn't matter. We're on a heist, so like okay, (laughs) you know, I'm gonna be into it. Yeah, I oh now okay now that we're saying things, I'm remembering things that I texted Casey like back when I read it. I think one of the things that. Did, did take me out of it a little bit is one of my pet peeves with fantasy is when they like change words just a bit to be like we're fantasy oh. it's different and this is like how we <laughs> say it in this world but it's like one letter different from 
if it was just written in English, like fabricator with a K. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yep. come on. <laughs> <laughs> All you're doing is fucking my spell check when I want to talk about yeah. this book. <laughs> I find that very annoying. So that did t- take me out of it for a little bit until I got like really into the heist. I feel like I'm slowly downgrading it from 10 out of 10 as oh, I remember no. things that I texted Casey. Still overall very much enjoyed it, <laughs> but like things are coming back to me now. When we hit the end of this podcast, I want this to be a 1 out of 10 for yeah. you. <laughs> Actually, this was shit. Why did I yeah. do this? Actually, I hate it. <laughs> oh, no. Never taking any book recommendations from Casey again. Oh! <laughs> um... Well, speaking of annoyances with the book, so my biggest beef with the book is the fact that these characters, I thought they were going to be in, like, their mid to late 20s, but no, they're fucking, like, 16, 17, 18, and I was like, these do not sound like fucking teenagers. I don't care what kind of fantasy this is. Like, I don't care that they're, like, they've been living on the streets like scrappy thieves for years. Like, these... These people sound like adults. Like, I don't, I can't get down with this. They totally do. And I feel like for me, it was kind of the opposite. Once I realized they were like younger, I was like, oh, this is kind of fun that I'm into it. Like, I thought they were like, just like old. And by old, I mean like our age. <laughs> and then and I was like, Wait, oh, we are old. Like, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and I was like, oh, they're like fun kids. This seems cool. <laughs> Hello, fellow teens. <laughs> I see. I I totally didn't even clock their ages until like two days ago. Casey and I were talking about it, and she's like, "Yeah, they're all teens." And I was like, "I guess I read that, but like in my head, it was one of those things where like because it's a fantasy world and it's like kind of medievally or ish or like you know old like." whatever like maybe like england and like the kind of like earlier cult like industrial revolution era i was mm-hmm. like they're 17 18 but that means like 25 and like you know when you do the math on the <laughs> yeah. conversion rate or whatever like yeah i don't know so it i was like yeah they're still kind of older just based on where they are but also i didn't realize that this was technically ya until casey told me oh that's right oh. yeah so like i don't maybe they aged them down in the books? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, we can't relate to the youth. No, I can't. <laughs> I Listen, do you know what drip is, Marisa? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it like... Is it like, um... When you got lots of cool stuff? Yeah! <laughs> it is! Like, your clothing <laughs> is super cool. Yeah, like you're dripping? <laughs> oh my god. Marisa, you can relate to the I, youth. I can't Congratulations. relate to the youth. <laughs> You're one of them now. You're a youth now. Oh, my God. All of my youth knowledge comes from following BTS. <laughs> By that, I guess I mostly mean, like, Jungkook, because the rest are, like, in their late 20s. Hey, the youth like BTS, from what I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> they keep me young. <laughs> I feel like this is going to turn into how many times can Marisa mention BTS? <laughs> All we'll make it a drinking I mean, game. Yeah. <laughs> this is your platform now. Talk about yeah. BTS as much as you want. <laughs> I will try and find as many overlaps in the Venn diagram between BTS and Six of Crows as possible. <laughs> how many members of BTS are there? Like eight? There are, oh, there are seven. Seven. Oh, oh. yeah. How, so wait, how one many off, are in there? Oh, one off group. Six yeah. of Crows. Oh, yeah. Six. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was about to say something, but that's a spoiler. Okay, I won't. Shit. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, are we? I mean, it doesn't matter for me because I haven't finished Crooked Kingdom. But are we? We're spoiler free for Crooked Kingdom. Is that what you were gonna? Yeah, I haven't yeah. started Crooked Kingdom, and I'm like 80 pages into Shadow and Bone, and haven't watched the TV show yet. Did you watch the TV show, Alex? I did. Yeah. You watched the TV show and you didn't connect that they were teenagers until like two days ago. No. But like, <laughs> I, just, I assume the actors were in their early twenties because they're hot. I, mean, yeah, I, I think they, they are. are. I, I mean, think, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how how teens on TV go. Yeah. <laughs> oh was my like, god. They're, they're beautiful people. They could be yeah. any age between ten and thirty. I don't know. <laughs> I just. I, so the reason that the age thing pisses me off so much is that you watch something like the OC and the guy playing Ryan is supposed to be playing a 15 year old, but he's like clearly like 23 years old. And then you see an actual 15 year old in real life. And I'm like, that's a baby. Like, (laughs) this is stupid. This is all stupid. Why are we doing this? Well, it's like, Like, I mean, Boris was what, 19 when he was playing a 13 year old on TV, Marco and Animorphs. I thought they aged them up in the TV show. I thought they were They kind of did, but, like, they were supposed to be 12 and 13. Yeah, yeah. Being played by, like, 19, 20, 21 year olds. Yeah, I don't. You know, whatever. If you want the opposite, you could just watch Love Actually, where Keira Knightley is 17, I'm pretty sure. Playing a 25 year old. Yeah. Yeah. Oh! It's okay. Guys can be older, girls have to be young. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember that fucking movement from, like, I don't know, eight years ago where it was like, oh, like, here's a 45-year-old man, but the girl who's, like, 25 is too old to play this role. And everyone was like, this is fucked up! Yep. I think it was yep, for, like, La La Land or some shit. Some Emma Stone movie, I think. Could have been any of them. Emma Stone did so many fucking movies. She did. Was she done late? Oh, Cruella. Yeah. <gasps> Did you like Cruella? I have not seen it. I haven't either. Casey, you look like you had yeah, like a connection with Cruella. The, the fashion, f- right? The fashion is very good. It's like Devil Wears Prada for babies. Kind of. For dog babies. <laughs> <laughs> There's some bad CGI Dalmatians. It's great. Um, it's they couldn't actually get, get 101 years. Dalmatians? You just huh? need like... 10 and then you just like do the Jurassic Park thing where you like yeah, you just copy duplicate paste. the <laughs> We can do this in 92. We can do it now. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, Jurassic Park is like, none of this is about Six of Crows, but Jurassic Park, like, best. <laughs> I imagine these are all effects. tangents you usually go off of. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, this is a thing. Well, I mean, the whole reason we wanted to do this is because we kept interrupting our book summaries to talk about how much we love Six of Crows. So <laughs> it's all cir- circulars. Yep. Yep. This okay. is what the people come for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not. Anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, Jurassic Park. Back to the important shit. Tell me about Jurassic Park. Oh, I was just saying most of its practical effects look better than movies nowadays. But anyway, Six Absolutely. of Crows. Who are favorite characters? Inej. Yeah, I think yep. Inej yep. too. Okay, that was easy. Done. <laughs> yeah. All right. Inej. That's, also, that's it. I, I also enjoy Cash because mm-hmm. I like uh, a sad broken boy me too <laughs> character me too i just i don't know so whatever he has that like aversion to to touching people mm-hmm. i don't i forgot what that's called i'm so sorry um, touch aversion 
Sure. I, th- I think that is what it's called. Okay. So, yeah. So, he's touch aversive. I don't know, like, how accurate that representation is, but, like, it seemed, like, that was so compelling to me. Like, and I also love that he's got, like, a permanently broken leg, and he knows somebody who could have fixed that for him, Nina, but he didn't, like, get it fixed, you know what I mean? Oh my gosh, I never thought about that. That, That's been sticking with me. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like, yeah. I feel like yeah. that, was, that was a character choice that I really liked. Yeah, I think Kaja's backstory was one of my favorites for sure. And I feel like the way that it was written into his character is just like so well thought out and all encompassing. Mm-hmm. When, when you finally find out why he's got the gloves, I was just like, oh, this is not as lame as I was anticipating it would be. Yeah, <laughs> I was right, really, it yeah. seemed like it was going to be like, oh, it was an evil choice because he yeah. was an evil yeah. guy. For my yeah. close-up magic. Yeah. yeah. And like the moment where he kind of like breaks down and you see like his backstory and you're kind of just like, oh, the, the veneer of this like strong, like, like emotionless badass is just like shattered. And he, inside, he's got same little soft bits that... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of other tra- traumatized people have, like, you know. And, Casey, back to your point of the broken leg thing, the gloves did make it harder for him to do the close-up magic. So, like, that's another choice mm-hmm. of making things harder for himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, there, there was one bit where it's, like, when Inej has the gloves and she uses them for climbing the, the... incinerator yeah. chimney. Yeah. Incinerator? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, um, they mentioned that there's like little tiny little cuts in the in the tips of the fingers just so that you can like feel coins and things. And I'm just like, that's such a good detail. That's so cool. That entire scene where she's climbing up the the incinerator was like the most metal thing I've ever read. I was like, oh my god, she's so cool. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I love yeah, I love the way that was written with her backstory because I'm just like. The feat of making climbing up a chimney for an entire chapter so riveting, <laughs> such, <laughs> so such an accomplishment. Yeah, I mean it really is. There's whole like books written with battle scenes that are less interesting than her <laughs> climbing up a chimney for a whole chapter. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, so good. It is so good. She's the best. It's, she is the best. But going to the worst now, Matthias. <laughs> is that how we say it? Is I believe in the TV show that's how they said it. I do Matthias and Matthias interchangeably. Yeah. It's fine. His yes. story was the worst, right? Like, I'm not making that up. I like, feel like he had the most kind of, like, run-of-the-mill story as far as all of them went. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know if I would necessarily say the worst, but I would say, like, the most, like, I've seen this kind of story before about a character. That's mm-hmm. fair. That's a better mm-hmm. way to put it than the worst. <laughs> <laughs> also the worst out of all of them. Also the worst. <laughs> You're so boring. I was, yeah, I also, like, I couldn't get a really good picture of like what he looked like in my mind like he was just kind of an amalgamation of the hemsworths he was just like a hemsworth (laughs) but i was like he i was like but then uh, then i like realized partway through that they're teenagers and i was like oh no i don't know any like gen z hemsworth actors is there is there a gen z hemsworth i don't know 
probably. There's so many of them. There must be. <laughs> uh, I mean, I just picture, like, just blonde hair, blue eyes, Aryan. Yeah, sort of. he's just like, yeah, it was just yeah. like an amorphous blonde blob. Yeah. My brain. <laughs> the blondest, palest white guy. Um, I don't remember how I pictured him when I was reading, but I remember it was nothing like the TV show. And then I saw him yeah. on the TV show and I was like, uh-huh. ugh, ugh. like, this is what people like this. Like, yeah. really? I just mean, not a Hemsworth. I don't, no. I don't think so. <laughs> like nothing against the actor. I'm sure he's great, but like, he is so generic looking like he's not handsome. He's not ugly. He's just, He's just a spare dude. You're like he is, <laughs> He's a he man. is a man. He's a man. He's man. That sounds accurate for how I picture I'm him. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh my it's god. Just like a generically handsome white dude. Yeah. yeah. It's like a a generically six, inoffensive yeah. white dude. <laughs> He's very <laughs> middle of the road. Yeah, I'm five or six. I don't know. Um, so in regards. To his story like he's not he's my least favorite of the of the crew yeah. but he does get a lot of development in the second book so put that up. more to come uh, i guess i just don't know why nina who seems so cool <laughs> likes him i mean they i feel like they're just bonded by trauma <laughs> i mean fair you're not wrong <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit like enemies to lovers sort of tropey. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not super buying it, but also, I guess, I don't know. Like, I feel like that's why I was disappointed because I very much enjoy that trope when it's done well. And this mm. one was kind of like, well, it wasn't done well. And it also was boring. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. I no, wanted I to like it and I didn't love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. 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 I feel like. He has, like, sparing lines where he, like, shows a bit of humor in the book, and I feel like that's not enough to, like, sustain my overall rooting for this character. I'm just like, all right, you could be funny sometimes. He's like the saltine cracker of a man. Like, <laughs> with, the right, with the right food, it's all right. <laughs> Nina's a delicious, complicated jam with, like, sweet and spicy and savory... On on this boring cracker of a man. (laughs) I don't know if that was anything. I'm so sorry. I think that was perfect. It was perfect. And the whole time you're thinking, this could be a baguette, but it's not. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, shit. shit. Nina was another one where I, like, I couldn't quite picture her character, like, who would play her in my mind. Is she in the TV show? Because I know they have, like, overlap between them. Yep. Do do you feel like they cast her well in the show? She's one that I have such, like, had such a strong picture of reading it that now I'm, like, having troubles placing the TV actress. But I don't, I don't remember being, like, egregiously offensive, Mm -hmm. offended by how she looked. So Mm -hmm. she must have been pretty close to how I was picturing. Yeah, for me, like... I think it's a pretty good casting, but the actress does these mannerisms with her face that I don't like. So (laughs) that's just me nitpicking and being terrible. That's like the Amelia Clark effect. I feel like in actresses. (laughs) 
This is this is good audio, Casey. Yeah. <laughs> For those who can't see, Casey's doing she a very good. She does this like like lip impression, person, like and kind of like she like puts the lower lip down a little bit to. Like, mm. This mm. is like Kira Knightley thing. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's it's mm. it's very lip centric, and it's. I, don't I hate know. that. Maybe I'm just distracted by. I don't. Know. I only. I only accept eyebrow acting. I do not accept <laughs> lip acting. <laughs> yeah, only the upper half of. The yeah, exactly. Life. Don't don't move the lower half. Just the upper half. Is <laughs> yeah. that because everyone's wearing masks now? So you're just like, I don't care about this anything down here. <laughs> you're just this like eyes. Emote with those eyes. <laughs> Like, I remember watching Pirates of the Caribbean and just being like, none of this is necessary. But then I watched, like, Game of Thrones or, like, Me Without You or whatever the other one that she was, the, whatever the romantic one with uh, What's-His-Face was she was in with. And I remember being like, eyebrows are in, mouths are out. Like, I just remember, <laughs> this, it's like a conscious thought I've had for many years. <laughs> I, I just, I mean... I love a good eyebrow. Like, maybe this is my Lord of the Rings days, but, like, bleach blonde hair with very dark eyebrows, like, does it for me. You know what I mean? Yep. It took me a while to good. come around to that look, because for a while, I just, like, it really, I found it very jarring. I'm just like, they don't match. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what flipped. I'm into it now. Taste change. It's all right. <laughs> Eventually, Legolas just grew on you, like the yes. rest. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys seen Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, or whatever the fuck it's called? No, no, god awful movie, fucking god awful. Okay, I'll worst get right movie on ever. It then. Yes, but the main girl, we call her the eyebrow girl. We can't remember her name, but she's got like fucking killer eyebrows. Oh wait, I do. Oh no, what? movie you're talking about is that Cara Delevingne probably see I was gonna say I, I was just gonna mention the fairy one that she was in how I hated that show but I kept watching it for her eyebrows the fairy one the fairy dick yeah show? it might be the fairy dick show that that she was in What's I don't just it's just this show yeah. where she where Cara De, De, I'm gonna say her name wrong but she was a fairy in that show and it's just, oh. like, her having sex a lot. And I don't know what the plot is. I think they were running from some people, like, men that were hunting them. But honestly, it's really just, like, every episode, there was, like, a carnival. <laughs> Maybe the show was called Carnival. Maybe I'm impos- superimposing the carnival, because that's the name of the show. But there was a lot of fairy sex. Okay. That sounds like Sarah like, J. Mass. <laughs> they're like, we, I, need, I need a break from running. Let's fuck. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but they'd yeah. run for like two minutes and they'd be like, and now a 15 minute sex scene in oh, Honestly, a I kind of wish Lord of the Rings had been like that because there was too much running. I mean, there was quite I can't... a bit of sexual tension. Listen, when Tolkien <laughs> wrote Lord of the Rings, he had spoken to approximately one woman in his entire life. <laughs> That's true. So all he knew was running. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fuck. Casting, though. Jesper, Inej, and Kaz are, like, perfect casting. Like, holy shit. Like, absolutely 100% good, in my opinion. Do any, so do any of you guys watch Free Rain, the British or Australian Netflix horse show? 
No. <laughs> <Do not. laughs> so, so it's a children's show. I, of course, had it on in the background because it's a children's horse show, and that's in my wheelhouse. <laughs> um, so Kaz was on that show, and I went, like, literally the reason I was like, I have to watch the Six of Crows show was because I, was, I loved him so fucking much on Free Reign. He's this, like, very moody, very angry horse guy that, like is just in the barn all the time. Then they find out secretly he's an amazing writer. And then it turns out he's like a prince. I guess spoilers for free reign if you care. Um, this sounds amazing. I kind of want to watch you kinda it. Should, you should watch yeah. it. And oh Charlotte Dujardin makes a guest appearance on that, which if you're into horses is very impressive. And if you're not, that means fucking nothing. <laughs> it does not mean anything to me. She's the gold medalist British writer. Like, Ooh. she's amazing. She's the dressage, like, champion of the world. Bit like best freestyle scores of all time, world record breaking, several gold medals. Anyways, uh, she she had a moment on that show, a guest spot, whatever. Well, that's uh, nice. Anyways, he's on that show and his character is fucking incredible and I love him so much. And there's a whole like Mystic Beach Pony scene like where they tried to do like a kind of like spin on like the Black Stallion. It's it's amazing. I mean, terrible. The show is terrible, but it's amazing. <laughs> like it's so bad, it's good. Yeah. Oh. Did so, you know he was Kaz before you watched the show, or you watched it and then you found out I he watched was Kaz? Free Reign before they announced that they were doing Six of Crows. So like all of a sudden there was the trailers everywhere, and I was like, oh my god, it's the guy from Free Reign. <laughs> <laughs> so wasn't he on some other I, show, like the some royal show or some Bridgerton? Probably or some kind of. I don't think he was on Bridgerton, but I'm sure he was in another royal show. The Crown or Your Highness or... No, The Crown is uh, Nicholas Holt. Your boy. Uh, My boy! Nicholas Holt is in The Crown? Yeah. Nope, sorry. Nope, not The Crown. Uh, He's in The Favorite. There's too many goddamn royalty shows. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, I was thinking of, yeah, the one with uh, What's Her Fit. You know. Top tier information we're giving. Yes. The one <laughs> with Catherine the Great. Which one is that? That's the oh, one that one, hold. That one is the Great. The, there we go. No wonder I got it confused with the Crown. Like the, the Crown, great, the, the crown. Great. Yeah, the Queen. The, the Queen's Gambit. Wait, the crown. That? <laughs> I'm looking at. I watched one. I watched one episode of it, and I of the Great of the Great. Not and I didn't continue not because I didn't like it but because I watched the favorite and I was like this just seems like more of the same so I already watched mm. this which might be unfair. Let's see, it might be. I almost typed in Freddy Krueger. It's Freddy Carter. Up <laughs> oh, free reign. There we go. That's right. Yeah. It's pin pin. That's his name on free reign, right? Pin pin p i n. Yeah, like it's very short. Or like pen, or is this like a Brit Brett situation? It feels like a Brit Brat situation. Didn't you say guess what? I fucking lied to both of you. He's not in any sort of royalty show. So apparently, I was thinking, but he has the face. He does have a good face for it, and he's British. Went to Oxford. I feel like that was a fair assumption. Yeah. I assume if you're British, you're going to do a British royalty show. Anyway, sorry. He's going. I to remember be. while I was watching it, or while I was reading it, I texted Casey um, because Kaz, in my mind, was oh crap, what was his name? 
I'm busting out my phone so I can look up who this is. It is Thomas Doherty, who is on the Gossip Girl reboot. And he has like a very kind of like good kind of gaunt chiseled face that I felt like was good for Kaz. And also Gossip Girl reboot. I kind of want to punch him, though. Okay. I mean, don't you kind of want to punch Kaz sometimes? I mean, kind of. But I why is his jaw this this way? (laughs) (laughs) So that was Kaz in my mind. But I did. I remember what I remember looking up the Kaz actor when I texted Casey that too, and that guy also looks perfect. Is this like Shannon Doherty's son or something? I yeah. I don't know if they're related. Must be. Well, he is Scottish. Is Shannon Doherty Scottish? I don't think so. She's American, isn't she? Yeah, I mean, she could have been American and then moved to Scotland and had... This is true. People yeah. could move. <laughs> as yeah. as two immigrants on this phone call <laughs> this <is true>. can <laughs> confirm. <laughs> yeah, so he was cast in my mind okay. while I was reading. Right. And then Inej was Zendaya. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh I mean, I think... she's perfect in the TV show, but... Mm-hmm. Oh, Zendaya. <laughs> Yep. I think she would be a really good Inej as well. And those were the only two that were like super concrete in my mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I feel like Gossip Girl reboot and like Zendaya and BTS are basically my only connections to Gen Z. So I was <laughs> like, I don't know any other younger actors to throw in right. there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. So what in you guys' opinion, makes Six of Crows good? I have so many opinions on this. Go, Alex. Are you sure? Because Marisa, you're the guest. No, please go first. Okay. I'll just piggyback on whatever you're saying. Like, I truly, truly, truly believe that what makes this so amazing is that they took an entirely non-fantasy storyline and brought it into fantasy, and that is the heist novel. Mm -hmm. This was a novel that was about a high-tech heist, and they're like, what if we added magic? And that's fucking not done. Like, that on top of all of these characters, that it, it hit at this peak time where, like, all of these characters are damaged and brutalized and morally gray, And not only is, like, morally gray, like, what the people are looking for, we're also living through the fucking worst shit ever. And everybody's all of a sudden like, guess what? Here's all of my trauma spewing everywhere. Oh, my God. Look, traumatized characters that I can relate to because I'm finally admitting now that I have to sit at home alone with my thoughts for 24, 7 hours (laughs) forever that I have trauma. And I think, like, it was the perfect culmination of everything. And then it's set in just this incredible heist story which is so compelling anyways that's what i think (laughs) (laughs) i agree like i love when genres are mashed up like this Mm -hmm. um i like heist films in general and i've never actually i've never actually read a heist novel so i I think casey was like it's heist but it's fantasy and i was like tell me more yeah (laughs) Um, so yeah, like I, I had mentioned that I hadn't really read a fantasy novel in a while. And so it was a really nice way to like bring me back and be like, oh yeah, you do enjoy fantasy. <laughs> it's been a while, but it's, it's nice gotta, to come back to. Yeah, it's got to be like the right fantasy though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like for me, it's definitely like 
like you said, the the genre mashing of like it's a it's a heist book, but with like a fantasy twist. But it's just like so different than any other YA fantasy that I had read, and I haven't read like a ton. But from all the synopsis of like the really popular stuff, it's all the chosen one. It's all this like girl who's orphaned, and then she has a rare power, and she has to like save the whatever. Um, but this this really brings something that I really love in fiction, which is like the ensemble cast. Everybody's got a different specialty. Everybody's got a completely different personality and watching them all work together and like have conflict. Like it makes me think of like why we love like Dungeons and Dragons. It's kind of the same setup. You you know, you got a group of people, everybody's like a bard or a sorcerer or whatever. Um, So yeah, I really, I just, I love group ensembles. That's what I loved about like Firefly and you know, I was just I yeah. was thinking that when I was re-listening to it before uh, um, recording with you guys, how many moments there were where the dynamic between the characters would kind of remind me of like the dynamics in Firefly between those mm-hmm. casts, like just like mm-hmm. the moments of humor or like I feel like the um, Kaz Jesper relationship very much felt like a Mal Jane relationship to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and also I love the. Um, the Jesper Wyland relationship too, where they're just kind of like their own little unit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just, I really am partial to support it or like ensemble cast where everybody kind of has, maybe not, maybe you have like a couple that are like a little bit bigger roles, you know, like Kaz and Inez are kind of like the bigger roles in the team, but like for the most part, everyone's kind of equal you know, like Animars, for instance. <laughs> Instead of it being, like, one character that everyone else, like, has to support. Like, so the character's, like, up here in terms of screen time and everyone else is kind of down here. Because, like, real life isn't like that, you know? Like, yeah. we're all the protagonists of our own story, but, like, we really have to work together and form these relationships. And the fact that all the characters in Six of Crows had scenes with each other or are going to have scenes with each other is just, like so good like yes mm, it's what pisses me off about like if you have a if you have a story with um a main character and they have a love interest and the love interest only exists to be a love interest and has no other interaction with any other characters and only has an attachment to the main character fucking hate that that's like the biggest like i i can't get on board with that but like this story you know everybody is connected to each other and i think that's really important that was like one of the biggest draws for me between Inej and Kaz is that you know that the setup there is supposed to be the love story, but it's just Inej going like, get your shit together or I'm out. Mm-hmm. And then her actually being like, oh, by the way, I'm out because you didn't get your shit together instead of like, well, forgive him, which like she has those moments of uncertainty, which I think is realistic-ish. Mm-hmm. But like that, then she's like, fuck it. Goodbye. Like, I love that shit. Yeah, and she's got her own goals and priorities outside of helping Kaz. Like, you mm-hmm. that's another thing in romance. It's like, if you only exist to be in love with the other person, you don't have your own shit going on. You don't have your own personality. Like, you're you're not a good character. Like, I don't know. Yep. Yeah. I, th- yeah, I think that's, like, partly why I'm so drawn to heights in general. Like, each character 
literally has their specific function mm -hmm. for being there. Like they need to serve this exact reason and for the heist to go off perfectly. Yeah. But then within that, like you have to balance the personalities so well so mm -hmm. that they also have a specific reason for being in this group dynamic. Oops. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, agree. I love that shit. I love that shit so much. <gasps> also, I like the other thing I love is that like, I I am a big fan of like I am very technical I'm very suited for this like blah blah, blah. so like in in sci-fi which is more like kind of my wheelhouse when I go to like different sort of fantasy genres I love that kind of very specific knowledge that they're like I have this knowledge so I am the only one that can do this I fucking loved the twist that magic was one of those knowledges that was needed because like mm -hmm. that I think was the most different heist thing for me because mm -hmm. magic is never part of a heist. It's planning and like doing good and like knowing this very specific time schedule. Mm -hmm. So like magic was totally new and it was very fun to see in a heist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. That also brings up one of my other pet peeves with certain fantasy, which is when magic shows up and it just shows up to like be convenient to like get people out of things or something but i thought like in this story magic was never just like a, a convenience it was always built in like very strategically and purposely which i really enjoyed that and the the whole um nina boosting her powers yes like that that had it wasn't like okay she did it one time and she recovered she was like very strong it was like nope you're cursed forever yeah <laughs> like, yeah like i am so excited to see that whole scene play out in film or tv whatever ends yeah. up happening mm -hmm. i just remember texting casey when i got to that part being like they're in the tank they're taking the tank <laughs> Like one of those, like when those, like just, when you just connect those things, because they had that like throwaway line in the beginning where they're like, "Oh, look at this like tank behind the glass and all the like disgusting like display of might or whatever." And they were taking the tank. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Um, going back briefly to the like, oh, magic was there the whole time kind of thing. That's funny. You should say that. Because I had Matt read Six of Crows. He spoiler alert, he did not like it because He doesn't like anything. He doesn't like anything. <laughs> that's that's all. Um but one of his complaints was that he did think that a lot of things were coming up very conveniently, including Jesper revealing that he's actually a fabricator. Hmm. I kinda I liked that twist. Yeah. But I mean, I'm I did trying too, to, yeah. I was going to say, I'm trying to think in my brain why I liked it and didn't view it as convenient. Cause I'm like, that, that could, it could be viewed as convenient. <laughs> He's not wrong. Maybe, but like, he was also referring to like, when something would seem to go wrong with the heist, but then Kaz was like, oh, I took insurance on this and I did this thing just mm. in case this would happen. Yeah. It was like, I didn't mind that, but apparently, mm, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I could see, like, I mean, okay, here's the deal, though. We're not going to read this fantasy book where Alex walks in and goes, uh, well, I don't really know, but we could try that. Like, we want the guy that, like, fucking knows the job, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we want that person that has that knowledge. It's not like, uh, yeah, I'm Kaz. Um, I think <laughs> we could steal this tank potentially oh we don't know how to drive it oh, okay yeah. well i guess we'll just walk home like that's not why we're fucking reading this book 
Take the tank, motherfucker. And it reinforces the idea that that's how he got to where he is now. That's why he's this, like, gangster who's very, like, well-known and respected in in Ketterdam. Like, that's why, yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah, He he knows all people's shit. Uh Mm Mm-hmm. He does. That's I love that too, that like knowledge is power thing. Like mm-hmm. he got to the top by fucking just scamming people. Like <laughs> he's nothing but a cheap magician in a pickpocket and he's made it to the top. Like mm-hmm. uh I fucking love that. Yeah. And I love like I love that he's made it to the top, like doing exactly what was done to him in order to, so that he can do that thing mm-hmm. to Pekka Rollins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, that's such a good arc. Like, he's he's not a guy that's getting to the top because he, like, he's driven, right? He is driven. He has goals. But it's revenge that really drives him. And, like, I relate to that very hard. <laughs> I'm going to fucking kill that guy. Whatever it takes. Listen. Never get on Alex's bad side. Never. Like, <laughs> nothing will make me do more than fucking over somebody I don't like. <laughs> Yeah, and then while I was re-listening to it, having known that, like, Pekka Rollins was... Oh, I forgot his name already, but the, like, the guy that screwed over him and his brother when he was going by that pseudonym. Uh Um, There are, like, a couple lines going up where, like, Inej is like, you seem to have, like, a real real issue with, like, Pekka Rollins. Like, it's more than just, like, the rivalry in the barrel. (laughs) Like, knowing that and reading it again i was like oh yeah they really did just like plant the seed for this reveal (laughs) (laughs) if you know oh man oh other reveals that i completely forgot until i was what the reason for wylan leaving his um his father's house was and that one they really like they leave it till the end and like i love that reveal at the end too when he's like that that you that my father will kill me and not think twice about it um which is so devastating Mm -hmm. um but i just love his like attitude about it like he really feels like he's become a little more callous being with this group of thieves (laughs) um but i did any of you while you were reading think that the reason he left was that he was gay and his father was like, no, get out of my house. Because I felt like there were a few times where they would, like, bring up girls or things like that. And he just wouldn't, like, have much of a reaction or mm. would kind of change the subject. So I was fully expecting that to be the reason that he left his father's house. Oh, that's mm. interesting. Because I thought it was because he was dyslexic. But, like, you could definitely read it that way. Or that could be, like an additional yeah. factor that wasn't yeah. necessary. And then I was like totally shipping him and Jesper and I was like I think yeah. this is going to be a thing. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I was I was shipping them too. I it never occurred to me that him being gay would be the reason that he left and I feel like that's because of the way the books are written where it's like it's obviously not like an out in the open thing but it's not like a big deal thing either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I, now that I'm thinking back, I'm not sure I, I had, like, a really concrete theory of, like, why he left. Mm-hmm. Other than his dad was a dick wad. Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> Which was good enough for me. I'm like, yeah, he's a dick. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I like my dad. I'm out Checks of here. out. Yeah, exactly. My life is shitty. Gonna go become a criminal. <laughs> yeah, that's, hmm. That's interesting. 
Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, I don't know if anything comes of this in later books. So sorry if anyone is listening and they've read everything and they're like, just read the books. (laughs) People are screaming at us right now. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man, I want to reread now. I want to reread it too. These subtleties. Yeah, these I, I, like I often I don't reread books very often, so it's it was interesting like listening to it again and having like the knowledge of all the things that are mm-hmm. um, revealed in the story and going back and catching all these things. Oh yeah. yeah, like this is definitely one of those books I feel like you could get even more details mm-hmm. when you read it again. Yeah, I mean like you could argue that that's most books, but there's so many like <laughs> moving parts and <laughs> complexity. <laughs> some books where you you know you read it once and that's fine (laughs) but like you can get more out of it because there's so many moving parts and complex pieces and foreshadowing and blah 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 yeah it wasn't a bad thought Casey it was the way that you said it (laughs) I was well actuallying myself preemptively before someone else did Are there any characters that we haven't? Ooh, what candle? Forest fur. Um, What were you saying? What the characters we haven't talked about yet? Oh, yeah. uh, Are there any that we haven't really discussed, or have we gotten like good discussion on each of them? We haven't talked about Jasper. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is wild because he's like my second favorite character. Right? Yeah, I love him. Yeah, Jasper very much reminded me of Jane and Firefly. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, less, uh, I guess less brutal, like more refined than Jane, but very much Jane. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I call it Vera. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, maybe if like Jane and Simon had a baby, that would be just her. Yes. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. I like that. In fact, I really, really like that because he like... Jesper's humor level, I think, is more intelligent than Jane, so I like the Simon elevation mm. on that humor yeah. to be oh, like yeah. more I t- funnier. Yeah, I forgot his backstory was that he like went to university and then dropped out because he became gambling until you said he was more refined, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember. I remember <laughs> now. <laughs> fancy gambling debt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Addiction, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the the whole story is like addiction, people Trauma. from brothels, yeah. like people that are like this is Human you know trafficking. Yeah, yeah. Watching your brother die in front of you and using his body to float to shore. <laughs> Dead bloated corpse. To get Wee. out of there. <laughs> anyway. Not being able to ever touch human flesh again. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, her Can't kids. Can't blame them. Her kids. <laughs> oh, man. That's hilarious. Um, it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> if you were uh, Grisha, what kind of Grisha would you want to be? Try to think about this, because I was like, this would be a good thing to discuss. Mm-hmm. I don't have a good answer. I think I would want to be... Uh, oh, I forget what, what... Whatever one Nina is. A heart render? I want... Yeah, heart render control the body yeah because it just like it just made me think of avatar a lot and wanting like being like a blood bender oh my god 
Yeah, yes. but also like a bloodbender, but like also an airbender, since you could like mm-hmm. bend the air out of people's lungs. Cora. I think I, I would think... also just like the ability to just make people chill out. <laughs> just be like, you calm down. Go sleep. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so nice. Like, just to have somebody do that to me, like, go to sleep now. All yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? That would be incredible. That would be. People would pay you so much money. <laughs> yes, they would. Absolutely, they would. What I don't like about the idea of being a heart render is that Nina is like giving people like massages and like you know, like fucking acupuncture and shit as like her job. And I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't want to interact with human beings. You don't have to do that. That doesn't have to be her job. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you we could... all know that I would just do the fire one, right? Oh, for sure. Like, we, don't, <laughs> yeah. we don't have to discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, I feel like the yeah, I feel like the water and b- bender in me, like I would probably mm-hmm. end up more as the tide maker. Mm-hmm. But the heart render just seems way cooler. So if I could choose, that's the one I you can. Frick, you yeah. can mm-hmm. choose. Frick, yeah. So and I can sort of water bend with that. Yeah. Yeah, you can sort of every everything bend yeah. with that, pretty much. Yeah, it's like the ultimate bender. The ultimate bender. The ultimate the, bender. So the avatar. You're the avatar! <laughs> Yay, we found it! Oh, shit. I feel like I would like to be a tide maker, but I personality wise i'd probably be like a fabricator like a material aki or something if i had to choose anyone from the universe though i think i would like to be inej and just be able to climb everything because it is something that i just have never yeah i've never been good at climbing anything like i didn't climb any trees when i was a child and i was just (laughs) like being able to climb and scale buildings and run along rooftops is just a dream oh. for me. <laughs> yeah. did, did you guys watch any of the rock climbing from the Olympics this year? No. Oh, it was incredible. It was like the coolest new sport that they, well, skateboarding was really cool too, but I'm just like, I'm jazzed that this is an Olympic sport now. It's just something that i've never really paid any attention to and it was really exciting to watch oh dude have you seen but they would like oh go ahead have you seen free solo no i haven't i feel like i've only heard bits about it from everyone i know that's watched free solo <laughs> oh man it's nuts it's oh my so whenever i watch rock climbing because matt really likes to watch it my hands <laughs> my palms get so sweaty <gasps> like it's like yeah like, like a the tiniest reaction. little ledges that they're climbing know, onto they, like, pinch and then they pull their whole bodies yeah. up with just a t- I'm like, yeah. my fucking tendons would crumble into dust. Like, what are you even doing? Yeah. Oh my One God. part that I loved about the rock climbing, though, is that there's a part where they work together. Like, they get to see the wall that they have to, like, go over. And there's a part at the beginning where they have a set amount of time where they can mm-hmm. just talk strategy with, like, all the competitors. They're just looking at the wall mm-hmm. and talking about it. I'm just like, what and other sport cool. has this? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's nuts. I mean, I'm it, other sports must have, like, you have to imagine, like, show jumping must have that if they talk to each other. Like, I feel like that's just not done, even if you could do it. Mm-hmm. No, like, this is, a, like, built into it. Like, they're, like, that's 10 minutes badass. to talk to each other or whatever. That is so oh. badass. Yeah. That's cool. 
That's way more in the spirit of the Olympics than the rest of the Olympics. Yeah, because even though you are competing against other countries, you're really competing against yourself to like set that new time or you know do your personal best. Yeah, I feel like the Olympics this year was just me crying anytime competitors like hugged or congratulated each other. I'm just like the high jump when they tied for gold really broke me. Six of crows. Six of crows. <laughs> <laughs> Climbing things. Uh, what else? What else do we love about six of crows? What don't I? I love so much. I love all of it. I don't even know. I thought the TV show though was like, I don't know. That was a how much of everything. Overlap is there between six of crows and shadow and bone in the TV show? Um, not much. Like. It seems like the end of the TV show is like the start of Six of Crows. Uh Okay. Which I was kind of like watching the whole thing and it was all this like Grisha stuff and like the people that I didn't really know and like sailing through this like rift. And I was like, I don't really get any of this. Uh Like it was it was enjoyable as a TV show. Uh But like I was like, I don't really know what's happening. Uh But I kind of every once in a while know one of the characters and that's exciting. (laughs) So... Yeah, what else? yeah, but it had like the st- it had like Nina and Matthias was the most amount of Six of Crows that got pulled into the TV okay. show. Yeah, because right? yeah, 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 because like you know, in the book they talk about their backstory, but it's all just in flashbacks. But in the show, you actually get to see it developing in real time. But all of the right. like the Jesper and Nege and Kaz stuff is like completely written for the show. Yeah. Um, and it very much feels like this is like you're getting bits of like what leads up to like and now here we are at the start of six of crows mm -hmm. like when that show ends you're kind of like okay the next thing that they're gonna do Mm -hmm. is this heist yeah okay yeah all right i could be into that because i I really liked the way um the golden compass did that in the first series where they kind of started to overlay Uh the subtle knife into it i thought Mm -hmm. they did that so well yeah i agree yeah, so I didn't, not having finished Shadow and Bone, I don't know how much actual overlap there is. Yeah, and like, it kind of, like, when I, when I was watching the show, I was like, okay, whatever, Shadow and Bone, Alina and stuff, whenever the crows would come on, I'd be like, yes, they're here! <laughs> like, it's straight up that Same. meme of the guys just like sitting on the couch, and then in the next slide, they're all like, uh, <laughs> But, uh, shit, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh no this, this is all leading somewhere you don't care about anyone in shadow and bone is what you're saying a lot lot less um yeah same yeah i forgot what i was gonna say it's gone yeah um, i i cared a lot less about them and like the story wasn't bad i just it was and like casey had already warned me about this because because casey read all of like the grisha chronicles stuff so she was like, yeah, it's a lot more, like, generic fantasy. So, like, I already kind of knew what it was going to be going into it. But, like, even so, I was like, okay, like, it's enjoyable. But, yeah, like, okay, I know what's coming next. Okay, now this is coming. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it would be like, here's the dark, seedy underbelly of the city. And I'm like, yeah, like, yeah. this is so gritty. So, yeah, I don't know. It was all right. Oh. It wasn't bad. It was enjoyable. I remember what I was going to say. Um Yeah. I so I like that the crows are in Shadow and Bone, but I think it makes it so confusing for first time 
readers and viewers. Because, like, I just remember having to explain to so many people, it's like, okay, like, Six of Crows is a book. It takes place in the universe, but the show takes place before Six of Crows, during Shadow and Bone, but it's not that way in the books. They don't take place at the same... Like, it's just, it's so fucking confusing how they did it. And I feel like I'm afraid that that's going to put people off a little bit. I don't know. Like, I kind of wish you know they had just adapted Six of Crows and Shadow and Bone as separate yeah. things. Which I think they're going to do. I hope they're going to do that. But, sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, I was just going to tell you a stupid thought. So, I was glad you interrupted me. <laughs> oh, no! Because the thought was dumb. No. The thought, The thought was, I didn't understand why everybody was lusting after that Shadow King guy. Ben Barnes? <laughs> yeah. I, I, the guy from Stardust. <laughs> Yeah, like, Google that actor. Everybody's like, he's so dark and hot. And I'm like, he's a fucking nerd. He, uh, he's, like, he's got puppy dog face. Like, yeah, he's just got, like, like, a cute little, like, like boy face to me. And I'm like, mm, okay. And everybody's like, he's so dark and gritty. I'm like, no, no, I don't see it. I'd, I'd let him, like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, huh? I'd let him rift my rift yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah. i was, I was into him when he was in narnia oh yeah he yeah, was but, like yeah Caspian. when he was in narnia which made sense he was like <laughs> the the big bad guy in this show yeah he's like oh. he looks like he would be typecast as very much like the good guy so yeah. it was definitely like just weird to see him as the bad guy like i don't think he did a bad job but it was definitely no, like, not disorienting all. yeah <laughs> Um, but it's it's like when he when he started doing the dark things you're like is he confused did he read the script wrong (laughs) oh my god okay this is i don't think spoiling any plot but maybe spoil can can i say a semi-spoiler for when you watch the tv show i mean it's like i guess we could edit it out if it's no this is just for you oh for me yeah this orange and the new black yeah, is this gonna be orange is the new black situation? <laughs> no, I apologize so many times <laughs> on our podcast for that. And in real life. Oh god. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this is so not at all like that. I can't. I oh, can't god. even tell you. <laughs> but now I don't want to. <laughs> no, what is it? What is it? What is it? I was just going to say there's a scene where Kaz is carrying a goat and it's real cute. <gasps> I like to see that goat. <laughs> the goat is the best part of the show. The, the goat's amazing. The goat. He's so cute. Oh my God, the goat. Yep. Does the goat show up in more scenes than just this one time when Kaz carries mm-hmm. the goat? Yeah, the goat's... Yeah, but he's most okay. important when he's being carried because that's the cutest. It's so cute. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a great goat though. It's such a good goat. I forgot what... The goat's name was, but yeah. Oh man, it's... this is not at all like what I spoiled. <laughs> oh my god! Where I said the biggest thing that ever happened on this show. Oh my god! You just right said it so you casually said, as well. Because <laughs> I didn't think it was gonna come out of my mouth, and then it did. <laughs> oh no! Oh Christ! <laughs> Anyways, so I stopped watching TV after that. That was the end. I was like, I'm not not responsible enough for this. Oh, no. This is too much power. It is. It was way too much power, so. 
Now all I'm here to tell you is that there was a goat and it was adorable. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all I have to say about that. Good, good goat. It was a good goat. That's an acceptable spoiler. <laughs> I'm glad. I thought it might spoiler be, but really, then I got scared. <laughs> <laughs> gonna get to that and gonna be like, Ugh, Alex already told me this goat was here. <laughs> ruined <laughs> i'm not appreciating how cute this goat is now because yeah. i knew it was coming <laughs> i knew it was gonna be cute <laughs> oh, oh they ruined the best part of the show oh, no. <laughs> the cute goat it's an adorable goat vi vig very important goat <laughs> god damn it now i'm afraid to say anything else oh no <laughs> I still you feel guys? horrible about that. <laughs> so can never speak to me ever again. <laughs> I mean, you dialed into the Zoom call. Sure, <laughs> this is my choice. How many years has it been since that season aired? It's probably been like what ten years. It's oh yeah, God. it's been so we long. We watched it at Lily's place when she was living in Milwaukee. So, or more than two or did years. we watch it at your place? No, because we smoked hookah at Lily's. Apartment. Yeah, it was the Fourth of July party. Yeah, that we went to at Abby's house. Yeah, there were dogs we there. Had Lily, there were dogs. They were great dogs. Yeah, I don't remember this party at all. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it was a. Around... I'm gonna. I'm just gonna look up Orange Is the New Black season four. When did that come? Up? The solid, solid call. That's <laughs> the best way to date this, as opposed to season. <laughs> I think it was season four. Spirit. It was season three, season four. I think it was season. Four. I'm not going to tell you what to Google to find out. I, I was going to say, I, I can Google. 2016. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. Season three. Let's try that. 2015. Googling stuff with Casey and Alex and Marisa's <laughs> here as well. This is exciting stuff. Yeah, season four. So 2016. So like 2016. 2016? Fucking. Yeah. The beginning of the end. Yep. <laughs> yep. Things didn't take a turn around then. Yep. It was all downhill after Alex spoiled that for me. <laughs> I... <laughs> oh, no. oh no! Oh no! I didn't. I didn't realize I was responsible for this level. Oh, oh, oh no! Oh, I've never been accused of causing a global pandemic. <laughs> oh no! Well, well, with great power, I guess. Yep. Yeah. You just like flap that little butterfly wing. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Suddenly, Trump was president, and there's fucking pandemics and shit. Oh no! Oh no! Well, oh, no. oops. oops. <laughs> Do you guys have any other like fantasy series that you enjoy a lot? I feel like I Ooh. like I hadn't I hadn't read fantasy for a, a while until I started reading this series. Um, are you planning on reading the rest of? So, you, you, are you gonna read trilogy Shadow and Bone trilogy? Yes. Are you gonna read King of Scars Rule of Wolves after that? Is what 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 order does that come? Is that a separate trilogy? <laughs> it's a separate two. Okay. So Shadow and Bone trilogy comes first. Six of Crows, Crooked Kingdom comes <laughs> next, and then King of Scars and Rule of Wolves comes after that. Okay, and they're also in the like Grishaverse. Yeah, 
So those okay. events happen after the events of Crooked Kingdom. Okay. Well, as long as I enjoy the trilogy and the Crooked Kingdom, I will carry on with those ones then. Okay. Other fantasy... <laughs> I mean, Temer is always our go-to. I mean, I mm, like that's true. Yeah. Temer is good. Yeah. Because um, I, re- I read a lot when I was a kid, and then I just kind of stopped. Not for any specific reason. <laughs> Same. I always say, like, I don't... Like, I, I always think I don't read a lot because I don't read, like, novels that are, like, actual novels for, like, my own enjoyment. But I, I get through... Like, I do two three different book podcasts so i am reading like two books every week <laughs> yeah that's incredible yeah <laughs> so like i was like yeah, i don't know how much i get through not that much like it takes me a while to read a book and i'm like oh yeah because i'm reading like fucking four other books so. <laughs> yeah. yeah i feel like i i'm just a very slow reader so i i don't get through a lot but i in general usually like what i'm reading um, but then I open Storygraph and Stacy or Stacy story. Fucking Stacy, fucking Stacy of Storygraph, a goddamn bitch. Nasty from Storygraph carried over. <laughs> I open Storygraph and Casey has read like five books in the last week, and I'm just like, what the hell? No, no. So I uh. I've tapered off quite a bit in the few months. Um, I'm, try- I'm still trying to think of fucking fantasy books. Like, I was kind of like... <laughs> I've never read a fantasy book in my fucking life. This is the thing. You've asked me the direct question, and now I'm like, I've never read books. Yeah. I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. What are books? I'm going to just cut this whole segment out. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, don't. I mean... This is perfect. <laughs> we are we are going to recommend Animorphs just forever and ever mm, and ever. Yes. Like, oh, my God. Actually. Especially now that the graphic novels are coming out. Oh, Chris Grind's mm-hmm. graphic novels. And like, oh, Maurice, I'm going to send you some. I'm going to fucking send you it. some. I'm going to. Okay. Do I have your most recent address? Do you? I, I don't, don't know. Let me, <laughs> let me say it on the podcast for everyone. <laughs> no, Doctor private yourself. message it to I me. I will text you after we're done. Okay. Text me because I am sending you the graphic novels. They are so good. They are so good. All right. I don't think I have your most recent address either. Probably not. <laughs> but I'll I'll put it on right. the This is something. good. I have a Christmas card to send you. <gasps> yes. Okay. Okay, now that that's sorted. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Now the logistics are worked out. So, yeah, I mean, Animorphs. Uh, uh, Project Hail Mary. Are you into like the the uh, Andy Weir, like I The Martian? Know. Oh, I've never read it. And I watched. It's so good. I watched half of it on a plane, and then the flight ended. So I still don't know if he got <laughs> off of Mars. No, never. <laughs> Without spoiling that for you as well. <laughs> okay, I feel like the, the statute of limitations is probably passed on that. I wouldn't be mad. Oh, oh man, I I don't know. I have to tell you the Harry Potter story if I haven't already. But anyways, Andy Weir, um, all, all of his books. Artemis is probably the one I'd recommend the least. Um, I enjoyed Artemis because I really loved the main character. It's this, this uh, Indian girl, and she's incredible. Um, but that one was probably like story-wise, like not the the most compelling. But the Martian's amazing, and then Project Hail Mary is incredible. Like I highly recommend both. Of those. And those are again are more sci-fi, but also good. Um, yeah, I also have a sci-fi, the Wayfarer series by Becky Chambers. It's like slice of life sci-fi, 
And Ooh, interesting. It's just like speaking of like the whole like crew found family thing. Like the first book is just like a fucking like space crew that like are hauling shit and they're just fucking hanging out and like talking about feelings and like having it's very low conflict. And there's a lot of, like, really cool, like, species sort of elements that come in between, like, the humans and the non-humans. And then the second book is also very good. I haven't read three and four, but uh, I would recommend those. I think it's cool. I like how you're like, recommend to me fantasy, and we're like, sci-fi, here you go. (laughs) Here's a sci-fi book. (laughs) Also good. It's as close as I'm... There's, like, another one that I'm trying to remember that was, like, this witchy one, like, the Oddity or something like that. I'll have to look up the title, but it was pretty good. I read it, like, a few years ago at this point, and that's the only, like, one that isn't more, like, science-y of the fantasy ones I read. Because the other ones that, like, people always recommend are, like, like Scott recommended to me the King Killer Chronicles and then uh, this this other one, and, like... I started reading one of them and one of them was like one of those like explain everything to me fantasy books where like yeah. the f- I read like a third of the book and it was all just explaining how he learned magic like the whole time. And then I got confused because in the first chapter they killed the king and I said, I'm reading the King Killer Chronicles. He goes, no, you're not. I'm like, the king died. The King Killer Chronicles. He's like, no, no, no. In the King Killer Chronicles, the king doesn't die. That's how you can tell. And I'm like, what the fuck am I reading? Like, what is this? And I don't the even king know stays if alive, true. Chronicles. Yeah, I'm like, what, what is happening? I don't even know if the king does stay alive or if he was just lying to me. I just know that, like, a king died, so I thought I was reading the King Killer Chronicles, but I wasn't. <laughs> it's a very confusing time for me. Okay, I just looked at Storygraph. Um, so most of the fantasy I've read this year is just, like, Lee Bardugo's work. But, and I've already recommended this book to Alex, I really liked Gideon the Ninth by Tamsin Mir. Um... Which is that's who wrote dragon books, right? No, no, that no, that's Amy Novick wrote Temeraire. Don't read her other books, by the way. Um, okay, <laughs> yeah, d- okay, well, <laughs> yeah, that's I didn't think Spinning Silver was that bad, but Casey, I haven't read that one, fucking hated it. I, yeah, yeah, up- uprooted, you tried I, and you sent it to me, uprooted, uprooted. I, Sorry, Spinning yeah. Silver is the second one, of yeah, those but series. I didn't touch that because I uprooted. hated uprooted, and Deadly Education is. Oh, God, it's so rough. Speaking of info dumping, holy fucking hell. Yeah, it's literally, the book is this thick. The last ten pages is the most incredible, fast-paced, engaging story you've ever read in your life. The last ten pages. Uh, I hate when that happens. The rest of the book, yeah, like, Casey put it perfectly. She's like, the rest of the book is just like a, a... reading your own adventure manual. Yeah. Like, how to, like, text-based play a game. Yeah. And the second book is apparently exactly the same. So, like, and I have to read it because the last ten pages <laughs> were so fucking good. <laughs> so That's livid. how I felt about Hank Green's book. Did either of you read that? Which um, one? Uh, the computer takes Apple, over the world one. Yeah, I didn't the... read it because okay. I think you told me that. So it's oh wait, <laughs> <laughs> the absolutely remarkable thing. Yeah, an oh, absolutely remarkable yeah, thing. Yeah, I didn't like that one. Where I was like the I, like the whole time I was like this is okay I'm like I'm just okay on this book and then at the end it had a really good twist and I was like do I want to read the next book because I was just so okay with most of this book <laughs> yeah I don't know and I really like John Green books like 
I've read Turtles All the Way Down. Turtles is good. Uh, yeah. Finding Alaska or whatever. Yeah. I've read a few <laughs> of those. They're good. I did like them. This was probably 10 years ago now that I read Michael. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but. Uh, oh, yeah. Giddy in the Night. Sorry. Um, going back to that. So it's like space lesbian necromancers. Um, it's not. All right, I'm on board. It's not super sci-fi. I think it's a little more fantasy, honestly. But it's like a bunch of people from like the eight houses of the emperor come together to kind of do this competition, but nobody knows the rules, and so they're all just like stuck in this haunted house, like trying to figure out how to advance to the thing. It's what? Okay, but I would say it's the opposite problem of info dumping things. It doesn't give you a lot of information. And you kind of have to figure it out, and it is kind of confusing at times. But there is kind of a glossary in the back that I didn't know about until I finished the book. Um, But yeah, I really liked it. I thought the writing was Hmm. hilarious. So I'll add it to my story graph. Space lesbian necromancers. (laughs) That sounds really good. I'm reading a pretty good one right now, but I can't tell you if it ends well. I mean, I think it does. It's the one that Jeff sent me. Which I think it's called a night with no star or a night. Oh, I should grab it before I fucking get this wrong. But it's a super old fantasy book, but it's really good. Oh, okay. Is it a night with only stars? No night without stars. Oh, give me a moment. That's that, <laughs> that's that book. Oh yeah, that's that book he was excited about on Discord. That he yeah. Okay. And he sent it to me, and so far I'm really enjoying. It. I'm probably like Excellent. a quarter of the way through. Oh, okay. So while you do that, there's another book I read recently. It's not, it's not really fantasy. It's not really sci-fi. It's kind of like sort of absurdist fiction. Okay. So like it's called the city in the city. It's about these two cities that are like interspersed on top of each other. But basically people from one city cannot see or acknowledge the people from the other city or else they risk like being arrested basically. So, like, you'll be on, like, one side of the street, a person from one city, and, like, there will be a person on the other side of the street. You can't look at this person. Like, you cannot acknowledge them. And, like, just navigating, like, the social economic, or not economic, but, like, the social ethical, um, just, like, rules of that universe. Plus, it's, like, a crime thriller. Ooh. It's, it's, it's really interesting. It's, like, unlike anything I've ever read. It's very cool. Okay, I have the actual title now. And when I said it was really old and then rescinded, it was released in July of 1979. So it is really old. Wow! <laughs> but it's called No Night Without Stars by Andre Norton. No. And it's, so far, really good. No Night So there's another recommendation for you. Do you have any recs for also us? I'll add that to my story graph. I'm trying to think. I haven't read... Yeah, like, I haven't read much fantasy lately. It doesn't have to be fantasy. Um, Clearly, we've broken like... the rules. Okay. Yeah, we've broken That's the rules. That's true. <laughs> Let me open my story graph, because I can't remember any books unless I look at my story graph. This cover is wild. I know. It's got, like, a Cerberus and, like, a space babe and a dude with a sword or, like, a stick or something. <laughs> Fucking little... That's how you know it's fantasy. There's a dude with a sword. Ooh. Okay. So, speaking of books where they give you like basically nothing and just throw you in um piranesi have either of you read that it's on my list uh, 
Oh, okay. It's like it's it's actually it's a pretty quick read, but if it, like I really enjoyed like that was one where I like. I was starting to kind of lose my attention and then it just like it throws something in there where I was like okay I gotta keep reading but like I it's a very difficult book to like say things about without spoiling it also it's quite abstract okay but abstract in a way that I enjoyed and then it really comes together at the end okay but it is a lot of like you really kind of have to suspend things to and just go along with the book for a while sounds fucking great I honestly when people are like there's this book you should read. It's good, but I can't tell you anything about it because everything would spoil it. I that's so intriguing yeah. to me. So I'm, I love that shit. You said her yeah. sleeper cell words. <laughs> now she must read it. <laughs> yeah, um, not completely unrelated to any of the books that we've discussed. Crying in H Mart was one of my favorite ones that I read this year. Oh, I forget things. It is a biography. Or autobiography by Michelle Zahner, who is um, Japanese Breakfast, the musician, if you've heard of her. Okay. But it's a memoir about um, losing her mother uh, and then, like, the like what she goes through trying because she had kind of a bit of a, a rocky relationship with her mother. So um, the that whole relationship through kind of, like, um, losing her mother but also trying to connect more with her Korean heritage... Um, I thought it was a really beautiful memoir. That sounds... I'm learning recently that I really like angst and family dynamics and nonfiction, so that sounds fucking great. <laughs> I don't even Casey, know how this happened. what was the one that you had me read? What was the one that you had me read that I, like, totally thought was, like, a woman, like, writing a very realistic story about a baby, her baby that she oh, had the- for two... The Push by yeah, Ashley Audrain. The push. Holy shit, that book is. Mm. That book. I think I recommended it. It's incredible. Yeah, it's so good. Um, I think I recommended it to you, Marisa, and you were like, I don't really like thrillers or psychological. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not a huge thriller. Okay. Fan. So maybe. I had. Okay. This was one of those ones that I. Casey recommended it, and I blind. Got, and I do this all the time. Like, people will recommend a book, and I they're like, it's good. And I'm like, okay, we like similar things. I will get it without knowing anything. I had no fucking idea it was a thriller. So I read this whole book thinking it was just a fucking straight book about a mom exploring her feelings about maybe postpartum depression. And so the whole time I was under this impression, I was reading a very straight laced book about a woman that had postpartum depression with her first child and then maybe like some feelings that were a little bit off and then the ending happened and I was like what the fuck <laughs> I, was, like, I had no idea and like I loved it but like I did it just threw me so badly because I had no fucking idea that this was under the genre thriller until the last like chapter oh my god <laughs> that is my favorite way to go into a lot of like books or movies like I don't like knowing a lot just knowing that like people who's opinions i trust have recommended it um like i almost never read the backs of books and this is because of twilight Ah. (laughs) i feel like twilight this was before twilight was widely known that it was a vampire book yeah um but it says it on the back cover obviously but if you read that book and like for the first i want to say like third of the book you're just like why is this guy being so weird i feel like that book would be much better if you didn't know yeah oh it's because he's a vampire oh that's a good point i don't know i mean obviously everyone knows he's a vampire now so it's fine (laughs) and after that i stopped reading book jacket descriptions i haven't read i haven't read them since i was a teen 
I was obsessed with the first book, like finished it, flipped it over and started rereading it, <laughs> which has never happened with any other book. And wow. was like making fan castings and playlists based on the book. Hell yeah. I was like deep into it Wonderful. as a teen. And then the like the later books not as much. But I do remember oh I can't remember if it was New Moon or Eclipse. Which one's the New Moon's the second uh-huh. one, right? I it's think a, so. Yeah. Second or third one, I do remember very specifically my family was on a road trip and we were in like northeastern United States and the day that book dropped my sister and I were like we have to go to a Barnes and Noble (laughs) we need to get this book oh no oh shit I know that feeling Mm -hmm. yeah now it's kind of like Amazon will deliver it to my house but like there is a very distinct time of like we have to go to the store and Mm -hmm. get the book like I remember doing that with some Animorphs books, especially, and, like, Harry Potter, too, but Animorphs yes. was, like, going to chapters. Like, yes. Yeah. It was a time. Mm, man. What about um, other heist things? Do you have other heists? Ocean's Eleven. Movies or books that you enjoy? Yeah. I haven't 11. read another heist book, but, yeah, we love Oceans. Oceans is great. Um, I don't remember a single thing about Oceans except that I enjoyed them. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched them in a while. I feel I'm more lukewarm on the oceans because I enjoy heists, but I enjoy more like heists and action, like combined. Okay. Yeah. Versus like a very straightforward heist. There's you like it when it goes wrong. Yeah, and I need I need some action. I need like a car chase There's, or oh, some like the Italian run, job. I also have not seen that. Okay, I think <laughs> so. that's a heist movie. It's got all yeah. those Mini Coopers. Yeah, it totally is. Like every time, every time talking about heist comes up, I'm just like, I still haven't watched the Italian Job. <laughs> There's um, oh. now you see me, which I didn't really like, but you, I don't mm-hmm. know. That's also a heist yeah. movie. Fast and Furious Five is one of my favorite heist movies. Have you guys seen that? Uh-uh. I seen I've never seen a Fast and Furious. If you watch, movie. if you watch any of that franchise, <laughs> that if, like if you pick just one, that would be my pick. Okay. The only thing I've taken from that franchise is using too fast, too furious in situations to like name anything too fast to something, like, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that and family. That's all you all you ah, need to take right from and that franchise. The Rock is in the later ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shaw. nailed it. I know everything yeah. about Fast and Furious. That franchise is huge. There's Tokyo Drift. That's yeah. a movie. It Whenever is. I go too fast around a curve, I'm like, Tokyo Drift! <laughs> um. I will never forget give the casting of that movie, but that's a whole tangent we don't need to go <laughs> off on. <laughs> oh, shit. I feel like I've read a lot of heist books and can't conjure a single one to my mind. <laughs> I really should like record the books that I read because join Storygraph with me and Casey. I mean, okay, okay, you're gonna be like, how many fucking YA books does she read? And the answer is all Horse of them. Horse Girls number three. Horse I'm Girls in... number five. Horse Girls. <laughs> That's literally on my desk Heartland, right now. Sorry. Is the next yeah. Heartland. Heartland. I, you can call it Horse Girls. It's, it's okay. Basically, yeah. Yeah. It's basically the two are synonymous now. Of course. <laughs> Did you like the TV show? Okay, listen. <laughs> it's 
It's so cheesy, but like, yes. And also, <laughs> do you like Letterkenny? Uh, no, I have actually never watched Letterkenny. Okay, I recommend it. People I don't are know, constantly I don't disappointed know when they find out I'm Canadian and have never watched Letterkenny. <laughs> <laughs> Just say you lived it. Just fucking yeah. say you lived it. Be like, <laughs> I fuck I off, I don't need to watch a TV show. Yeah. That's the most Letterkenny thing you could do is just fucking challenge oh, them yeah. on that. Yep. <laughs> so, um, but anyways, one of the actresses from Letterkenny has, is on a single episode of Heartland. And that amuses mm. me to no end because like, it's the polar opposite characters. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like it. It's, it's cheesy, but like, honestly, it's pretty good. And it's the Heartland thing of like, most horse girls media is about the girl and her horse and blah, blah, blah. And Heartland totally breaks that mold and that it's about like all of the ancillary stories and the people as well as the horses. And like the TV uh, show follows that formula really well. So like, it's, it's a fun watch, I think. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I shouldn't keep like, uh, it's like, stop talking about Heartland. You have a whole fucking other podcast. <laughs> to talk about Heartland. <laughs> But we don't really talk about Heartland on it, so it's fine. <laughs> this, is a, this is a crossover episode. Yeah, yeah. The, the crossover horse girls episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You guys can claim Jenna or Tim, whichever one you want to be. I'm my own person, <laughs> damn it. I'm Tim. <laughs> I'm Tim. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, so the only other heist thing I can kind of think of, I don't even know if it's okay. I did not finish this book because I didn't like it. Um, but there is the Gilded Wolves by Roshni Chakshi, I think. Um, and everybody compares it to Six of Crows. I did not like it. I did not mm. finish it. But y'all can give it a try oh. if you want. Um, I won't. What did you not enjoy about it? Honestly, I think part of the problem was that it was compared to Six of Crows. And yeah. Mm, did you read it after? And that was so. It's like, oh, this is not as good. Yeah, I, setting things up as being like things that you really enjoy is just not fucking helpful. Mm. <laughs> like, because then your expectations go up, and then when it doesn't meet the expectations, because it can't, because it's a completely different thing, then yeah. yeah. So I blame that entirely. But it's it's kind of a cool world. It's like set in like France and kind of the. I want to say like the turn of the century it seems kind of steampunky and you know a, yeah and it's got house. like you know yeah, the, that sounds very cool the characters with the different kind of abilities and powers i didn't actually get to the heist part but like you know give it a try maybe i don't <laughs> it does take a little while to actually get to the heist part of yeah, this book i feel like sure. Like, it's probably, like, the last third of the book, would you yeah, say? Right? I, yeah, yeah, I think that's very accurate. Because, like, it's, like, a third of it is set up, a mm -hmm. third of it is getting there, and then a third of it is the heist. Mm hmm So. Yeah. But it's interesting all the way through, mm -hmm. though. So. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> oh, man. Now I'm torn on if I want to read that book or not, Casey. Because Which it one? sounds interesting. The Gilded Wolves? Oh, the Gilded Wolves, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Now I'm torn. I'll read it and give you a second opinion. Perfect. Do it. Perfect. Everybody let me know if I should yeah. pick it up again. <laughs> 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 Gonna add it to my Libby right now. See what the weight Eight is on months. it. Probably. I think it's it's really it's really a testament to 
Six of Crows, just speaking of that, that the fact that it's still massively on huge hold lists on libraries everywhere. Because, like, I had to wait, like, weeks mm-hmm. to get it. And it was written in, like, what, 2015 or something? Whoa. Oh, I didn't realize yeah, it was, was that it long ago. That's wild. Yeah. Like, it's still so popular today. And, like... And, I mean, the TV show did just, like, come that's out. That's true. Though. So, I, I... That's true. You know. Yeah. Like, I say just, it's been like seven months or something. <laughs> <laughs> I say it like it was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> All right, seven, seven weeks for Gilded Wolves. Oh my God. The cover looks very Christmassy. Mm-hmm. It's a Christmas tale. It's a Christmas. Is it a Christmas it's heist? A Christmas heist. <laughs> a Christmas heist. Yeah. I've always Christmas wanted to be movies? like... I've always wanted to be the person that does that Christmas tradition where you read a book all night at Christmas. Oh, that's a thing? That's a thing? Yeah, that's, that's it's a whole... I, I have to look it up. I feel like it's in Sweden because everything awesome comes from Sweden. <laughs> but, like, Sweden or Japan. It's like this... It's this literal tradition where, like, you exchange books and then you just spend all of Christmas night, like, reading. That sounds fucking like, great. Just... Right? Doesn't that, that sound amazing? lovely? I've always wanted to be that person. I would believe if it came from Iceland, too. They have a very literary population. From, it, let me Google it right now. <laughs> I'm just going to Google... Some place <laughs> where there's lots of snow and you don't want to go outside and, like, have a snowball fight. You just want to stay yeah, inside and read a cozy Precisely. Book. Let me Google Christmas reading tradition. And we'll see if that pops up what I'm looking for. Yes, it's Icelandic. Nope. It's um, Jolabukaflod, or Christmas Book Flood. You give uh, you give and unwrap new books on Christmas Eve with your family and read late into the night. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I've always wanted to be that person. Do it. Do it. Abandon. <laughs> I mean, I would just fall asleep immediately. It, well, yeah. There's that, yeah. Yeah, probably. Especially, like, if you get a blanket, you, like, cozy up, you got mm-hmm. your book, you're on the couch... And it's like five minutes later, the exhaustion hits. Everything comes crashing down. (laughs) Yep. But I want to be that person. I wish I could be that person one day. Does this contradict with like Santa Claus in Iceland? Wait, what is the age limit of people that listen to your podcast? We we say fuck so much. (laughs) I was going to say, should should we reveal that Santa isn't real? Is this going to be devastating (laughs) for anyone in your audience? What do you mean he's not real? (laughs) Uh, i mean i feel like the youngest person we did just uh happy birthday dan daniel the third just turned 20 18 21 21 i think oh yeah 20 yeah like we're we're marked as mature on all of the all right also it's animorphs people they've been here for 30 fucking years (laughs) i don't know i was like maybe maybe there's kids who are into animorphs now probably with the graphic novels yeah. coming out but I i'm not so. sure that they're i'm not sure they're flocking to animorphs anonymous to <laughs> listen to our hot takes on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um what was i gonna say oh so look, i was gonna say like if the children are up all night reading are they like where's santa why isn't santa shown up but hmm. i assume that's how do they how do they balance this hold on i thought it was or did the kids just fall asleep christmas night maybe the kids like the 25th the night of the 25th oh not christmas eve that let's read that's what i took away from it because i assume that like you wake up on christmas day it's christmas eve what the fuck 
Yeah. I guess they're. Yeah, why aren't the children like, where's Santa? I read all night and he didn't show up. Fall asleep reading their little picture books. Go the fuck to sleep. Maybe they just give the kids boring books until they realize that Santa is real. <laughs> and then they're like, all right, you can have the good books now. Here's the Silmarillion. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't It doesn't even say. I'm in the NPR article right now, and it doesn't say what they do with the children. <laughs> <laughs> How do they explain Santa to the children, NPR? <laughs> Come on, NPR. You're supposed to know everything. Oh. I don't know. They're just talking about the different book sales. I'll send you the NPR article, though. Maybe you guys can glean more more about it than I can. Uh, I mean, I assume they just have a hot drink and fall asleep. I mean, uh, yeah. And then, like, there's no way they don't, right? And then Santa like, comes. And then Santa comes. <laughs> Santa. Santa. Okay, I sent the NPR article to you both. Thanks. But right. it doesn't say <laughs> as far as I could tell from skimming we will they're very wordy though they are NPR that's true what else what else do we got we're about at the two hour mark mm-hmm. um what else we got yeah how long how long are your episodes usually whenever we want but I don't know <laughs> for many years we were under a two hour time yeah. limit but lately we just kind of go yeah I like a long rambly podcast. <laughs> then you would love our podcast. <laughs> people are really into us. <laughs> Shit, like, never mind. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Gilmore guys. I like by oh the end God. of their run, they were like four hours long. <laughs> 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 it was nuts. Like I remember getting on planes and being like, "This podcast episode is longer than my flight." <laughs> Jeez, uh, I liked their podcast. Me too. I did not listen to that one, but I, I'm just not a Gilmore Girls mm-hmm. person. I've never watched it, so. Well, if you want to get into it, I recommend watching an episode and then listening to an episode because <laughs> there's no, there's no spoilers because one of the, one of the hosts is like watching for the first time, so they don't it's really. It's very like get us. Ahead. Like, you've got <laughs> nice. the old veteran who's the huge fan, and then the new person. <sighs> <laughs> I became a bigger fan of Animorphs, though, over reading, I would say. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Marisa, it's so good. My whole life revolves around it. <laughs> Literally my whole life now right. revolves send me, it. Send me Greek mythology and the Animorphs uh, graphic novels. <laughs> I, I am absolutely sending you the graphic novels. There's no option other than that at this point. They're so good. The books are so fucking good, so though. Good. Like, And they're free to read online. And it's all legit. Yeah. With the author's blessing. Like, she That's will. amazing. She's like, download them. We don't get paid yeah. for this shit anymore. I don't care. <laughs> Except she says it really nice because she's a very kind, wonderful woman. So. Yep. And then her husband's very sweary. And I love him. <laughs> He's sweary and he smokes cigars. <laughs> he does. We, we did an interview with him a little while back now and literally he gets on the phone in his backyard in hollywood big floppy hat smoking a cigar he's like here's my pool it's freezing outside and we're like what (laughs) and they started talking about the cat that he hates that's like crawling around the window behind him he's like that cat fucking hates me we're like oh this is the best are they are they living on hollywood off of animorphs money yeah 
Damn. I mean, they they have done so much other shit too, but like oh, they okay. they bought. Um, he was telling us that they bought their first home. They used to live right by me in Illinois. Um, in fact, that's where I saw Catherine. Rich. I originally met her at a bookshop where she she went in Winnetka because her brother lives like right by there. So she did a book tour where she could like stay with her brother for one of the nights. And oh, so that's yeah. how I got to meet her. Um, but they bought their first house in Illinois off of Animorphs money. And then they kept getting like other books published that were getting popular. Like um, like Catherine just does a slew of like children's series like uh, like Endling, which we just read and Ivan. like Willow Dean yeah. and and Ivan. Ivan, the movie that mm-hmm. Danny DeVito's in, mm-hmm. the one and only Ivan that he voices the gorilla. So that movie just got made. That was one of her books. Um, and then the second one in the series, I don't know if it's being made into a movie, but it's the one and only Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like they're, they are in all sorts of things. And then Michael Grant's series, he has a few that got really popular. Um, God, I wish I could remember the fucking one that they were going to make a movie of recently that they auctioned all the rights to gone? and they were like in production. Yes, thank you. The Gone series. Uh, so they were like in production. They had like they shot like a, a first scene test of it with people to like get the feel of it, and we're shopping it around. And then the pandemic, I guess, like fucked that mm-hmm. over. But yeah, like they they've done so much popular shit. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. And also, you know, I'm like in it, so I know all this stuff. If it yes. was, you know, they're not like yeah, they're not a household name, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, yes, yeah, sorry to any listeners that are like, why is this person that doesn't know anything about Animorphs on your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> she's read she's read one choose your own adventure book. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. Si- With the funniest bit. I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm so mad that that bit my sister's beekeeper's time traveling husband's <laughs> wife. The funniest fucking bit we've ever done, I swear to God. Uh, <laughs> so mad about that episode like i'm so mad that was in an alternomorphs episode which people hate alternomorphs so like they don't listen to it and i'm like it's the best fucking bit that was so fun (laughs) yeah Yeah, you need to like spontaneously pretend you're coming up with this bit (laughs) (laughs) i've mentioned it so many i would have to scrub through every podcast we did after that one to find out me being like i'm so fucking mad that's the best bit we've ever done like i uh another thing these are the two things that you have brought to this podcast is that bit me mentioning it and then apologizing profusely for spoiling orange is the new black (laughs) Uh. alex do you want to talk about your experience being partway through crooked kingdom Um, in a non-spoilery spoilery way if that's possible i guess yeah i could try I mean, I don't know why you're signing this to me to try to not spoil something for you. <laughs> what are you doing? It's a trap. <laughs> this is a, a trap. Um, I guess I could just talk about my feelings about it without mentioning specifics. Um, but yeah, so far, it has been very, very interesting to me. And it starts ramped up at a tension level that I did not expect going into it. So, like, I found it right away to be, like, way more tense than I expected or was prepared for, which is fine. I I don't, I'm not going to get upset about that. <laughs> but, like, literally, like, every, there's this whole, like, overarching thing the entire time I've been reading. And I think, a th- I'm, like, over a third of the way through it, but I feel like I'm, it hasn't even been that long. Like, it's been maybe a few days over the course of that. And the whole thing is very, very tense. Like, it's, it's 
wild to read because the whole time you're just like, oh my God, oh my God, what the fuck is going to happen? But I've liked it. Um, I'm very concerned. It's an, it's another one where like, it feels like there is no way out right from the get go. There's no way out of this. So it's been, it's been good. I would recommend it thus far based off of the one third I've read. (laughs) (laughs) A strong recommendation. Yeah. When at the beginning of six of crows, when, um, Pecker Rollins, I don't remember who, who's the one that's like, Kaz, go do this heist for me. I'll uh, give you lots of money. Van Eck. Van Eck, yeah. that's it. Thank you. <laughs> when Van Eck is like pitching this, I just like picture Kaz being there with like the impossible dream playing in his head, like imagining <laughs> surmounting this challenge. <laughs> I really, I really want to reread it now. Like, I've just been, it like for me, just. You know, I've been, like, really ramping up my reading in the past, you know, year and a half or so. And, like, Six of Crows, Kirk and Kingdom was, like, top of my list of, like, the hundreds or so book I read this year. And I just, the pro and I, I say this on, on the podcast all the time with Animorphs, it's like, the problem with ingesting a really good piece of media is that nothing else can come close to that and everything is a disappointment i hate that it's like damn it yes i hate like the feeling of being like finishing a book and being like i could have been reading another better book in this time that i've read this book yeah Yeah. but there's no way to know that going into a book true no and i just i think maybe like if you read a bunch of books that you've never read before and you find yourself disappointed Maybe you just reread something you know you like, and then just, you know, it's kind of like a little chaser. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that was part of, um, I do that a lot. Like, I get very drawn in by book descriptions, which I know are written specifically to draw me in. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I feel like I should be more discerning, but I am not that person. I am just like, that sounds great. I'm getting it now. And I went through a string of those books, and I remember that, like, it had been, like, just a year, a year and a half of like slogging, slogging, slogging. And then I picked up um, The Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. And the whole reason I picked it up was because the first movie had come out and it was that fucking awful, awful controversy that came out. Oh, where um, everybody, yeah, where everybody who saw Rue was like, I didn't, you know, I didn't think she was black, which was fucking horrific bullshit. So I was like, okay, I got to read this book to see what the fuck this is all about. <laughs> and I remember getting like so drawn into the Hunger Games that like, it was one of those where I'm like ordering it online when I'm like halfway through the first mm-hmm. one. Like, I can't stop. <laughs> like, I just got to order them all off, like whatever, like, you know, 99 cents off Amazon or whatever. But um, I, I remember getting drawn into that and then being like, how the fuck do you guarantee this experience every book? And like, it pissed me off that there was like no way that you could guarantee it and now i see all those commercials for like those book recommendation like factoring recalculating apps mm-hmm. where they're like if you enjoyed this this and this we'll recommend mm-hmm. your next book that you read and i always think like there's no fucking way <laughs> books are magic you can't fucking tell me what to do <laughs> <laughs> well storygraph so. is kind of like that because storygraph has like all, like it's very about giving you the metrics of like breaking down by genre and like pacing and length of book so i haven't actually tried to like look at their recommendations for anything because my to read list is already a million books long <laughs> have you casey and now it's <laughs> a few longer yeah 
yeah but i imagine i imagine that it would be pretty good at being like if you enjoyed based on what you've tracked in the mm-hmm. app here are mm-hmm. our recommendations but yeah the hunger games i do like that was another like i remember just like the pacing of that like you get like the chapters are just so short and perfectly uh, the perfect length where you get to the end and you're like yeah. oh, i could read one more chapter i could mm-hmm. read one more chapter yeah. <laughs> you're like halfway yeah. through the book in like two days yep. Yeah, that's that's another thing is like books with very long chapters, even if I'm into it, sometimes lose me yeah. because I do mm-hmm. that. Like that's how I read before bed, right? Is I get to the end of the chapter. And if I'm stopping mid chapter because I cannot make the like make it to the end, I am more likely to not finish that book quickly mm-hmm. because I'll be like, oh, I can't, I, I'm too tired. Yeah, I feel like that's one of the things I really liked about using an e-reader. I was for the longest time, I really dragged my feet getting an e-reader and I was like, Oh, I love the feel of the pages and holding a physical book. And now I'm just like, Ugh, books are heavy. (laughs) I I like holding, I like holding my tablet and being told exactly how many minutes until the end of a chapter, because then I like that really gets me into be like, okay, I can finish this chapter. Okay. I can finish the next chapter. I like that. I still don't like the e-reader because it hurts more hitting my face when I fall. <laughs> <laughs> it hits. It always hits right on the bridge of my nose every fucking time. What a very specific problem to have. It's this is why it's a me problem. This is not like this is why I'm like people you like need oh, to like wear a face shield to that. Like a fucking put my hockey helmet on with the cage yeah. on the front and just let it bounce off. Don't they have like claws yeah. that you can get to attach to your bed frame that just like hold it like an arm or something? Am I not enough of a nerd for you? <laughs> what the fuck? It's got a little light on it. <laughs> oh, have you guys seen those those night lights that are just like the the plexiglass screen with the LEDs on the one side? So like you slide it over the page of your book and it only lights up the like backlights no. the page. They look so cool. I want one so bad. That Instead of the sounds- stupid like. LED, yeah. like, yeah. That also sounds painful if it falls on your face. Though. Absolutely, yes. It would be It would be very painful. They're like, you're just going like, to get a tooth knocked out one day, and people are going to be like, oh, my God, this is from hockey. Is yeah. This is from, like, I already have a horse. tooth knocked and, out. Yeah, yeah, and you're going to so, be like, no, books. I got this from reading. It is, <laughs> this is books. Yeah, because I, I already, I, I'm, I don't know if you've seen it, but I, like, I have my. Oh, damn. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, okay. So what I need is a second missing tooth to really, like, solidify my, like, hillbilly lifestyle. Knock out all the way back there. He's got, like, a bread. Eating bread. Bread! It's always bread! (laughs) Bread is such a menace to teeth! (laughs) I cracked a tooth when I was younger on bread. (laughs) Was it Ezekiel bread? No. (laughs) Okay, regular bread. Regular bread. It might have been like a crusty baguette loaf type situation. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bread is dangerous, man. Bread! Bread's like rocks. (laughs) You're just eating rocks. It's so chewy. I know, you don't think it would do this to you, and then one day you're eating bread in the car, driving to the gym, and the next thing you know, you're spitting your tooth (laughs) in your hand. Bread has like an exoskeleton. Like, it's hard on the outside and soft on the inside, you can't break through into the soft, gooey bits. Well, I hope they're not good. (laughs) Probably not great. It's like the like Kaz. Bread <laughs> Kaz is a loaf of bread. Oh, he is a loaf of bread. <laughs> I stole a loaf of bread. Oh, no. 
It's a nice crusty sourdough. (laughs) Oh boy. A little bit sour. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Oh my god. I just thought of something really random that I also loved about Six of Crows. I love this scene. I think it's in a flashback where Inez just is like hanging out with a bunch of actual crows and and Kaz Mm -hmm. is like doing that monologue about how like like crows like remember faces and you know they're like smart and cool and stuff it's just i liked that i don't remember oh this. shit that might be a crooked kingdom <laughs> i'm gonna shut the fuck up now. you're dead to me I no. is dead no. to no. I was like, <laughs> this entire time i was like okay i have to remember what's in six of crows and what's in crooked kingdom so i don't fuck yeah okay. it's fine yeah. it's, no, See, it's i know that's a difficult it's anecdotal it's not important it's mm-hmm. fine <laughs> See, I I came in so confident because I'm like, even if I spoil something from Crooked Kingdom, it's from the first third of the book, and it can't be that important. So like, I feel like I've done okay so You've far. But if I do spoil something, it's not that. Important. I fucked up. It's from the first third of the book. Fucking a, Casey. This is your orange is the new black. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sorry. Oh. You're going to be sorry for, like, another seven to eight years minimum. It could now, still be going past that. I'm not sure yet. I haven't lived it. Look forward to this crow monologue. I can look forward to the goat. <laughs> Listen, the goat is very important. And I did ask if it was okay to spoil that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that goat. Good boy. <laughs> he is. And, like, he bleats at, like, the perfect time. Like, he was a consummate professional actor. Whoa! What a great goat. I don't think he was trained to do that. I think he went on instinct. I don't know this word. Now I'm just making up lore. But I think he just... Real method goat. He was a method goat. He's like, all right, I feel like this is my moment. And he he was right. (laughs) He could do no wrong. Just feels right. Oh, Oh, shit. Well, I think of any other six of crow thoughts yeah i'm starting to turn into a pumpkin let me i'm gonna look at my texts texts anything else (laughs) any more profound thoughts yeah i make now see i am now like very inspired to just get into crooked kingdom right away like hang up the phone i know i am like so excited for you guys to read it i want all your thoughts okay my new Bezos e-reader is supposed to arrive on Wednesday, so I'll download it right away. Because it's in my it's in my queue from Libby. I haven't released oh, it yet. Nice. Good thing, because if it was on your old e-reader, it would be lost to time and space. Yeah, you'd have to wait another <laughs> 16 weeks or whatever. Yeah. All right, I propose we wrap this baby up and then keep talking. Sounds okay. good. We can do that. Um, Marisa. All right. Would you like us to find you places? Would you like to plug things? What? What's happening? <laughs> if you want, like, a Twitter thing to plug or anything, it's or anything uh... you do. Oh! Yeah, if you want to. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't use my Insta, or no, I mean, I don't use my Twitter anymore, ever. Um, if people want to look at my illustrations on Instagram, I'm at Marisa Midori. M-A-R-I-S-A-M-I-D-O-R-I. Yeah! Yeah. I recommend looking at yeah. them. A lot of flowers and buildings, mostly. Food! <laughs> Beautiful! 
Oh, yes. Also food. And it's also cute. Oh, thank you. Are you guys going to do your plug now? Do you have an official sign-off? Would you like to hear the disaster train that is our oh sign-off? Yes. <laughs> okay, Casey, are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> if you want to give us your book recommendations, you can do that at anonymousanimorse at gmail.com or applegrantbookcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook at Animorphs Anonymous. Join our super secret, super awesome subgroup, the Andalite Bandalites. Or you can find us at Applegrant Bookcast. You can go on Twitter at Animorphs Anon or Applegrant Cast. You can go on Instagram at Animorphs Anonymous or Applegrant Cast there too, because we managed to score that one. Uh, and uh, uh, what other places can they find us, Casey? If you want to join our super secret, super awesome Facebook group, but you don't use facebook you can join our super secret super super awesome fuck discord server that we have uh we hang out with other animorphs fans we talk about cool shit and support each other and love each other and uh if you want the link to that you can hit us up on any of our socials that alex just mentioned and we'll get to the link to that also you should go check out some shit that we do on youtube at strong shape international uh there's some videos up there and go look at them. Casey. Yeah. I'm sick of the secrecies. Oh, no. And the awesomes. Well, not the awesomes. Just the secrecies. I would like to read a very publicly, widely available webcomic. Please give me one and only one. You want one? You want only one? Well. One. Just one. <laughs> just one. One. Okay. okay. Well, I would suggest going to Tapas or Webtoons or besideyoucomic.com, check out my comic, Beside You. It's available for free on the aforementioned websites, or you can go to patreon.com slash kcdstudios and help me support making the comic, and in exchange you will get early access pages and work in progresses and all sorts of other bonus stuff, and sometimes I talk to you in the form of a Patreon post. Uh, yeah. That, that, that's all that. And for only... Oh. For only $6,900 a month, which is 69 plus some zeros, you can unlock (laughs) the Patreon-exclusive Slater cast that Dan and I do. This this isn't real, Marisa. This is (laughs) a bit we do every single one. Where the price fluctuates wildly. (laughs) Wildly. I think last week it was under $700, and now it's $6,900. Like the stock market. market. Exactly. <laughs> yes! You get it! <laughs> oh, fuck. That was very impressive. <laughs> oh, we're not done, though. Oh, there's more. <laughs> oh, but wait, it's going. But wait, there's it's more. Going. It goes on for a while. Uh, Alex. This is the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's great. Alex does 70 trillion other podcasts. What are they? If All of you them. like Animorphs, which I assume you do because you're here... Check me out on Dungeons and Dragon Beams, which is not only a podcast, but a Twitch stream where we play Dungeons and Dragons in an Animorphs homebrew world. And I play Savannah. We do it with Austin, the Southern gentleman from a few episodes ago that was very funny and wonderful. He's our GM. He's amazing. Please listen to it. If you like horses or also Animorphs again, but in a slightly less capacity, go listen to Horse Girls. It's amazing. I do that with Tim and Jenna. They're incredible. We say that we're talking about Heartland. That is mostly a lie, but sometimes it's not a lie. Sometimes we talk about Heartland for almost half the episode. Almost. (laughs) And then we do our own thing. It's wonderful. 
Um, you can also find me on Soup Salad Sandwich, where we define all foods for you. And if they are soup, a salad, or a sandwich. And sometimes it's plays, and sometimes it's the universe, and sometimes it's France. <laughs> but we define it as whatever food category it is. Um, and then you can find me on Chemist to Crisis. It's a Superboy podcast that I do with David and Drew from Megamorphs 2 and The Time of the Dinosaurs and an Alternomorphs episode. And they are funny and wonderful and amazing. And those are the podcasts I do that are not this particular one. Yay! <laughs> we did All it! Right. Oh my Can God. I clap now? Yes, yes. Yay! <laughs> thank thank you for the applause of my resume <laughs> of shit that I do. Uh, uh. Well, thank you for joining us. This was super fun. We love mm-hmm. Six of Crows. Audience, if you're listening, you haven't read Six of Crows, obviously you should go check that out because we just made a whole episode about it. Yes, which means it's full worth of spoilers. It. Full of spoilers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> put a spoilers disclaimer at the beginning of it. We'll we'll put a yeah. whole intro introducing reset. Yeah, 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 it'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. This was so much fun. Yeah, we should do this fun. again for Crooked Kingdom. <gasps> yeah. Can we? Yeah. Yes. Let's do it. Okay. Done. I love it. Settled. It Perfect. is. It is so. Sweet. Okay. End it. It is so done. Oh, okay. We're stopping. Stopping.